0: All right, welcome to America this week. I'm Matt Taibbi. I'm Walter Kern. Walter, when are disinformation studies themselves disinformation?
1: Well, um, I think quite often, as we've seen recently, <laughs> um, maybe we should have a third word. We have m- disinformation, misinformation, and I can't imagine what the
0: you know prefix for the third would be, um, but. Seems- malinformation they actually have that oh really really malinformation disinformation mi- misinformation and malinformation and for the jesuits among us what is the difference between the three i don't i don't know that's actually that's <laughs> interesting i wonder if they study it at like notre dame and and bc or i know they do it at georgetown so there's got to be some catholic uh <laughs> Jesuit scholars involved. It's
1: it's a burgeoning subject with lots of money behind it and great bureaucratic backing, but I have always (laughs) assumed myself that misinformation was wrong stuff. Disinformation was an attempt to uh, negate true stuff and what malinformation might be, I don't know. The the speech of the devil himself. True
0: stuff, wrongly used. Right. Um, Malinformation is information. This is Wikipedia, which is useless. But malinformation is information that is true and factual, but is intentionally conveyed in order to inflict actual harm or cause the imminent threat of harm on a person, organization, or country. Um, So that's the one that they invented in order to cover. Accurate
1: stuff that's inconvenient, basically
0: <laughs> right, like the uh I guess the the two thousand and sixteen um Wikileaks material would be malinformation, i guess mm-hmm. um, right because it's true, but you know it's aimed, it's weaponized, all that stuff right so why are we bringing this up the washington examiner a uh, a publication that we probably don't think a whole lot about right um uh, at least in the left liberal um media consensus it's not it's not on their radar very much like they'll watch fox news but they don't really read the examiner very much right um but they they came out with a series uh last week and it's fascinating to me for a variety of reasons among other things because it kind of coincides with some twitter file stuff but The headline in the first uh, report came out on February 9th, 2023, uh, Disinformation, Inc. State Department bankrolls group secretly blacklisting conservative media. The Department of State has funded a deep-pocketed disinformation tracking group that is secretly blacklisting and trying to defund conservative media, likely costing the news organization's vital advertising dollars, the Washington Examiner confirmed. The Global Disinformation Index, a British organization with two affiliated uh, U.S. nonprofit groups, is feeding blacklists to ad companies with the intent of defunding and shutting down websites peddling alleged disinformation, the Washington Examiner reported. This same disinformation group has received $330,000 from two State Department-backed entities linked to the highest levels of government, uh, raising concerns from First Amendment lawyers and members of Congress. Um, they then go to talk about how this thing works. Uh, that basically, this group has compiled a, a list of 2000 websites and they identify uh, risky or non risky sites uh, and then feed this information to, um, to companies like Microsoft, which then in turn may down rank these organizations for advertising dollars. So they identified the 10 riskiest news outlets um, as the American American spectator, Newsmax, the Federalist, the American conservative, one America news blaze the daily wire, real, real clear politics reason and the New York post. And the, one of the reasons this is interesting um, is because they're getting, some of this information via um, the United States government the this thing called the Global Engagement Center, which is technically a state department uh, housed entity but really isn't state. we can get into that um, but this is part of this burgeoning new world of u s government funded disinformation projects that ostensibly are just identifying misinformation disinformation in the in the public arena um but maybe doing something more than that right like the you know they're meddling in the domestic news environment they're sort of helping companies pick winners and losers in the media world um this is a this is a significant story uh got a ton of play on you know obviously it was catnip to conservative audiences nothing at all on the other side, obviously. Uh, but it's, I think it's a really interesting story. I'd, I'd be curious to hear your, your thoughts though on this.
1: Well, well first of all, so it goes, the, the, the um, the flow of the, the flow of uh, disinformation uh, activism goes from this place housed in the state department over to great Britain for some reason to this, uh, supposedly international group of um censors um or 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 content moderators or raiders raiders of information why it should go through great britain i don't understand except that perhaps well maybe well there's, no.
0: there's probably a legal reason for that right cuz they're not because of the things like the smith act although that's been changed they're not technically supposed to be meddling in the domestic news environment. So even things like Hamilton 68, the money is, there were awards for instance that went to the Germ- the German Marshall Fund, then to the Alliance for Securing Democracy, then to Hamilton 68. So money goes overseas, then it comes back to America. Uh, so respons- goes
1: Responsibility for these institutes and these organizations is laundered somewhat, it seems to me um by by going through this cycle, okay, but next um is it logical that all disinformation and misinformation in our world this is an international problem, according to this institute should be on the right is there i mean are our leftists kind of letting down the side by not? doing their own disinformation. (laughs) I mean, uh, throughout the history of the 20th century, uh, it was thought that, uh, in fact, the left was very good at propaganda and could use it, um, you know, effectively in all sorts of ways. But uh, I guess they've entirely given up that effort, um, since all, uh, since all bogus stuff now comes from the right. And I mean, it, 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 Look, you know, not to be uh, facetious anymore. It looks like a prima facie case of, you know, incredible partisanship to find only problems with your adversaries and none, uh with yourself or to those, uh, or with those to the left of you. So, so how, with a straight face, anyone can pretend that this is some objective and purely academic. Uh, pursuit uh escapes me
0: yeah and and there's a mindset right I, th- I i my understanding like if you read the the book um written by one of the first nominal heads of the global engagement center which is this quasi state entity um rick stengel who is the former um time magazine editor who became a um an Obama administration official. Uh, you know, there's a section in there where he talks about a kind of road to Damascus moment where he's reading a speech by Alexander Dugan. Have we talked about this before? Yeah. You mentioned
1: it last week, but it's interesting.
0: Yeah, But so, so yeah, so he thinks Dugan and, and Trump, um, that their thought processes rhyme. um, so this becomes the justification for well, foreign disinformation. Um, uh, now we can tie that to domestic uh, movements like Brexit or Trump, um, and then from there they go to they they find a tie to domestic violent extremism and and you know anti-vaxxers, right, or even opposition to vaccine passports. They might call that. Chinese disinformation—it's mm-hmm. a trick. They're 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 basically saying that if you if any domestic information source that's synced up with something they would consider a foreign adversary, now that's domestic misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, whatever those things are. um And then you know then now there are consequences for that, right? And we're not we're not just providing a service by telling you about it. We're gonna we're gonna go to you know internet platforms and try to get these groups deamplified or de-ranked or or whatever it is uh so it's it, you know i think it's pretty sinister when when you start thinking thinking about it that way and the flaw for me is just this idea of things that are in sync are linked you know um but, I, I but isn't but isn't premise. that
1: isn't that a metaphor from from networked computing that anything that's next to something else is somehow infected by it. That, 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 you know, degrees of separation should always be considered in the spread of any idea rather than perhaps the thought that it might be original uh, to the person having it. I mean, uh, you know, one philosophical problem I have with this whole business is that it, it, it sort of denies that anyone thinks for themselves at all. Um, you know, in the in the case of making vaccination uh, a, 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 an issue of disinformation, it's forgotten that there's been vaccine skepticism in this country far below, you know, before COVID came along. Um, was that too somehow a, a product of Russia or China? Um, also, uh, does all this in the world flow originally from Putin in some way? I mean, uh <laughs> the
0: Dr. No of misinformation, right?
1: You know, in some ways, you might think that disinformation and misinformation is just a problem of our human condition. You know, tend, we tend to get things wrong. There are competing interests in the world. Uh, there are a lot of liars um, and there are a lot of stupid people. And misinformation might arise from that brew of stupidity and self-interest and so on. But in this new model, it all comes from Dr. Evil. Um, It all has a source in a kind of international uh, conflict and and, and thus can be construed as a defense matter rather than, you know, a cultural one, Uh, which hasn't been my experience in life. You know, I've been lied to uh, plenty of times by people who have no connection to Putin. I've been, you know, misled. Then there's the final question of whether this stuff is misleading at all. I mean, Reason Magazine is a libertarian magazine that you know uh, a lot of conservatives abhor, frankly. Um, right. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and the New York Post is a is a tabloid. You know, uh, actually, uh, reports stories sometimes ones that others won't like the Hunter Biden laptop and what do they all have in common i, I saw real clear politics on one of these lists
0: um uh which is a, uh, poll, a site that among other things every campaign journalist uses for polling data exactly exactly so mm-hmm. so what
1: but, but but the 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 weapon that's being used against these places is demonetization it it, it they secretly as you say are downranked for advertising and i don't know what that means exactly they get paid less at a lower rate or microsoft or whoever the host might be sends fewer ads their
0: way uh let me, let me find the the uh section of the piece that talks about this so so, okay, one company that has, that has subscribed to GDI's blacklist is the Microsoft-owned Xander, which is now conducting an internal review and has stopped using the disinformation tracker services. The latest action um, is the result of a Washington Examiner report on uh, Xander's own blacklist of conservative media, which was leaked by whistleblowers in the ad industry. So, in other words, there are, uh, like, Mike, Microsoft... Um, would flag certain websites and uh, and take them off, um, defund and, de- and and take steps to defund or deplatform them, deplatform them or take them off certain you know lists for advertising. Well, de-ranking in the Google sense, right, can be can just mean that the the search term will be will be will appear lower, which will, will automatically translate to fewer. Fewer ads will be placed next to the thing, mm-hmm. um, and you know, if, I guess if Microsoft is doing it, if they have a service called Xander that um, you know rates things in terms of reliability, that that's then passed on to advertisers. And I, my under it's it's somehow connected in that way. I'll have to learn a little bit more about that, but uh, but certainly, you know, fr- from the from the Twitter perspective. What you see is, you know, you get lists that are passed on to the company and the company is then presented with choices. Do we do we take them off? Do we deamplify them? Do we do we apply visibility filter tools to these sites? Um, and, you know, for a media organization, that's that can be fatal. I I saw, uh, let's just say there's a Canadian socialist site mm-hmm. that I had seen um, in correspondence. Uh, with the Global Engagement Center um, that was identified as a Russian threat actor. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, Twitter responds by saying, well, we're not going to remove them, but we, we're de-amplifying them, mm-hmm. right? So, so now people, fewer people are going to see it, which for them translates to fewer ad dollars. In, so
1: there, you know, are, you know, there the are indeed cases of left-wing outlets being stung by this process.
0: But yeah there are i mean they' they're fewer and far between farther between in the in the u s context um mm-hmm. because I think most of the time these disinformation shops they're making the the argument that um, this is you know, disinformation flows from Putin <laughs> to uh, politicians like trump. And that that incites violence, or does what, or, or you know, it leads to the insurrection, and this becomes the the, the reason for deranking or deamplifying various groups. No, I, I I've seen in the Twitter files occasionally there are like left-leaning themes that get um, sucked into this. So, mm-hmm. for instance, there was a th- there was some communications about. Um, about Iranian disinformation that involved uh free Palestine memes, so they were concerned about that. they were trying to get Twitter to derank certain sites that were retweeting stuff like that and that's that's a left lefty theme right um, but uh but most of the time they don't consider you know the New York Times or the Washington Post screwing up the Russiagate story as a um, As a disinformation or misinformation problem, they they just look at um, errors that are made at Fox News or other organizations like that, and that's how they get on lists like this.
1: Was Fox Uh, News
0: on this list? Yeah, I think Fox was. Maybe not. Hang on a second. Uh, No, the riskiest were again the Spectator, Newsmax, Federalist, American Conservative, uh, OAN, Blaze, Daily Wire, Real. Politics reason in the New York Post. So, um,
1: well, other than other other than the New York Post and perhaps the Daily Wire, these are fairly, um, uh, small, uh, boutique, uh, news outlets, um, probably lacking in an ability to defend themselves very <laughs> vigorously. But what I wonder is, is there any transparency about the methods that are used to identify this uh, alleged disinformation? In other words, uh, is there an algorithm uh, or or do they use spies, perhaps, inside the shops? Or, you know, uh, is it an intelligence gathering uh, uh, project that then results in these? Or is it some... uh, deferral to places like snopes and, and others i mean is it one of these circular things where you know they defer to the fact checkers and the fact checkers you know do whatever they want and so on or uh, do they propose a method in all this
0: um well first of all they're they're the the british site. Um... The, the British group GDI, like the, they openly say that their mission is um, to remove the finan, to remove the financial incentive to create disinformation. So they are, and they talk openly in their mission statement about going after uh, advertising revenue. But my um, question is, how do and, they how
1: do they identify in the uh, first place? What are the markers? Um, uh, what, how do they score? Things is it an, on an annual basis, so or, or 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 are you, or are you um, tagged forever with this uh, low rating based on past sins? Is there any way to come back from them, or you know, uh, does it go from month to month? Uh, it, it seems like it's just a kind of mark of Cain that gets put on various places and never removed.
0: Yeah, so they're looking. They're looking at. Um... they're they're trying to find evidence of bias so that what they'll do is they'll they'll enter keywords for certain things they're, they're looking for, Um, for instance, they, they had a, um, a, uh, a list of uh, six topics that they were looking for um, or six themes that they were looking for in each of these uh, media organizations. So, Coverage of voter fraud, evidence of anti-Semitism, um, uh, suspicion about climate change. Um, there's just a general category called COVID nineteen. I don't know what that means exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it changes from week to week. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then misogyny is another one. Um, so they will they will rate uh Each of these groups, according to those scores um they will get they will give people negative scores if they have what they call dangerous or derogatory content content that incites hatred uh, promotes discrimination, disparages individuals or groups on the basis of their race or ethnic origin uh there's hate speech, and violence um information that they they think is hateful or discriminatory to any group um and they're looking for uh, activity that they say is defamatory, false, deceptive, obscene, hateful, sexually explicit, violent, discriminatory, illegal, harmful, uh invasive of another another's privacy um and they they cited as an an example uh believe it or not a, a Washington examiner uh story with the title the less gender bending obsession is becoming tiresome uh, and absurd and uh and they were sort of warning that uh you know your furniture ad may end up placed next to a um uh, an article like this so they went after amazon ads for for placing something next to this Washington examiner article, which i 'm assuming is the gen- genesis of the washington examiner's interest in this topic um, but yeah that 's how they do it uh, look the obvious the obvious problem here is that there is no such thing as absolute truth there you know there's no there's no foolproof algorithmic way to determine whether something's accurate or not you you can't um, I mean I, I guess you could make the argument that companies might want to know if they're placed next to certain kinds of content that that contrast with their own brand identity, and that I, I could understand that, but if you're creating that contrast that that's a problem for me I mean to I I think this all comes back to a flaw in the basic understanding of what misinformation and disinformation is. Well, these are, Um, these are words that come
1: from the intelligence world come from exactly come from warfare. Um, It's one thing if it's a, a sort of ideological beauty contest in which certain organizations say, you know, uh, if you want to uh, be uh, with the flow, if you want to be au courant, if you want to be liberal or au or, current, or so yeah. on, you might want not to advertise with these places, but they're posing it as a sort of existential security problem. Um, and, uh, you know, that would be why the state department is involved. I should think, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a matter of our, uh, what our our standing in the world, our power position among other nations that this be done? Um, why, why, why should caring about whether or not to get vaccinated, for example, be, be of concern to the State Department? Um, well, mm-hmm. I mean, why should defamation be of concern to the State Department? Why should misogyny be concerning to them? um are they now something more than the state department but the
0: the the state of mind department uh, that- the state of mind department exactly <laughs> exactly yeah no the, the it, look this 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 global engagement center um is technically a state department entity but it was founded as an interagency group that involved multiple DoD entities, so there was SOCOM, CENTCOM, NSA, FBI, DHS, uh, even the Office of the President um, originally was involved. There were like at least 10 different government agencies involved in the founding of this thing. It is housed at at the State Department. um, And it's, for all intents and purposes, like all of its employees have state.gov emails. But they came from all over the government. Most of them, and this is the interesting part for me, most of them are exiles from the counterterrorism world, because after ISIS stopped being as big of a threat to the United States, well, what are you going to do? You can't shut down all those programs. Like these, you know, this is our jobs we're talking about. We need to have something to do. So they they sort of reclassified the, the counterterrorism mission and in some cases there from what i understand there was some fatigue within the dod about killing terrorists you know i mean i think that gets to be a hard job for paper pushers um, right. after a while right? right so they move into this thing and but it's all based from what i understand on a core misdiagnosis of one problem so there there was a there was alarm in the mid to 2010s about the sudden appearance of basically white kids from Britain and and the U S going over to do nation building in ice for ISIS. Right. Um, they were responding to beheading videos. They were responding to all this stuff they were reading on the internet and the assumption of, um, people in the defense and intelligence world was they must be being misled somehow to do this but that's not a correct assumption there's all kinds of reasons why people would do that none of I don't think any of them are good reasons right um but they it doesn't have to be a lie to get them to go there now you, you could argue that they maybe they were misled about exactly how pious some of these ISIS fighters were right mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but but their whole thing was okay well we have to dig into whatever the lie is that's getting you know our decent citizens to to go over and do this thing whereas really it could be t- it could be you know these people have problem, problems with their parents they're distressed about their future what their future looks like in western countries um you know there's a million reasons but this carries over now into all sorts of things. And I think it was a major factor in how they responded to Trump's election. Hmm. Like people couldn't have voted for Trump for a reason. They had, it had to be misinformation, it had to be malinformation. It had to be, had to be deception, but it wasn't, you know, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know. So, what's so your, if, what's your take so on if
1: DeSantis gets the nomination for the Republicans, they're going to drop this whole industry. and think we're back to normal i mean i i doubt it very much it sounds like there was a budget and a method that had outlived one threat and needed to go in search of another um and there were people and careers that had that now lacked uh a, a target and needed to find another one and you know it's it it, it it's sounds to me like a Study in bureaucratic mission creep. If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the rest of our conversation, please subscribe at
0: taibi.substack.com.